Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This is it today. I'm excited. Trauma is almost done, and to be quite honest, I'm like super sick of trauma. This week, we are going to cover the last part of trauma. We're going to cover a quick approach to trauma in the pregnant patient, and then that's it. So this is big. And this is scary, too, because mom's scared. You're going to be scared, but don't be scared. It's actually pretty easy. If a pregnant patient gets injured, just breathe and do five extra steps. It's only five steps. It's going to be okay. Mother on her side, palpate the fundus, ultrasound, type and screen, and then most importantly, cardiotocodynamometry. I think I said that right, which is fetal heart monitoring. So let's go through each of these kind of one at a time. You have a pregnant patient that gets injured. First step, step one, mother on her side. Specifically, you want to put the mother in the left lateral decubitus position. This is especially important in the third trimester when that big baby can basically lay on the IVC and then it cuts off half of the heart's blood from preloading. In trauma, that's pretty much enough to kill somebody who's kind of on the edge and has lost a lot of blood already. So all pregnant women, especially in the third trimester, need to be placed in the left lateral decubitus position. You need to roll that uterus off the inferior vena cava. This is a big pimp question. You got to remember this. Step two, palpate the fundus. If you can feel something hard, if you can feel the uterus basically above the belly button, then you know that the baby is older than 20 weeks. And here's why this is important. Because after 20 weeks, that's when you start needing to become concerned for that big, big injury that pregnant women get. And that injury is placental abruption. Now, there's lots of injuries that pregnant women get that are uncommon. Like uterine rupture is really bad. You can get direct injury to the fetus. Again, that's really rare. But placental abruption, really deadly, not rare. This is sort of the king of diagnoses for trauma and pregnancy. So once that baby is more than 20 weeks old, and you know that because you can feel the hard uterus above the belly button, that just triggers in your mind that you need to look for that placental abruption. Which brings us to step three, ultrasound. I would argue that almost all pregnant women need a dedicated OB ultrasound. Obviously, you're doing the fast scan to look for blood, but the ultrasound shows you lots of other things. It might pick up an abruption, though don't be fooled. Usually, the ultrasound does not pick up the abruption. But it's also really nice because mom gets to see the baby. You can see how the baby's doing. You can see the heartbeat. This is, you know, it's not the most important step. It's certainly not as important as the next two steps. But an ultrasound is something that's very reasonable to get because when these moms come in, that's what their number one concern is. How's my baby? How's my baby? So you can just show them on an ultrasound. Step four. This is a big one. You need to get a type 
and screen. Even if you don't think the patient's going to need blood, you're not getting this because the patient needs a transfusion. Even if the patient doesn't have vaginal bleeding, you need to get a type and screen. So why? Everybody, listen to me right now. You have to know this. Why do we need a type and screen in all pregnant women in trauma? Because we need to know if we need to give Rogam. Why do we need to give Rogam? Again, you guys, you better know this. This is for the rest of your life, you need to know about Rogam. So just learn it now. Rogam prevents hemolytic disease of newborn in RH negative women exposed to RH positive fetal blood. And I know, I, even as a med student, I had to like think through this, but you got to know this. Rogam binds up all of that positivity so that mom's body doesn't learn to make antibodies to the positive stuff. And then her RH negative self doesn't attack future positive children. RH negative moms aren't born with antibodies to RH positive. They only make them after they're exposed to RH positive you can get from trauma and pregnancy without any obvious signs of bleeding. You have to know this. All trauma, even mild trauma in pregnancy, requires Rogam if mom is RH negative. And that's why you need to type and screen. Now our last step, step five. This is the most important step. The big, big final step like of all of our trauma series. This is the big one. The grand finale. Drum roll. It all comes down to this. All pregnant women greater than 20 weeks gestational age need fetal heart monitoring, cardiotocodynamometry. You need to do this because you are trying to pick up placental abruption. And the most sensitive way to do this is with uterine irritability. So all pregnant women more than 20 weeks along needs OB consulted. They need cardiotocodynamometry for at least six hours because we need to know if that potentially viable baby is in any distress at all. This is important. Ultrasound doesn't pick up placental abruption. Fetal heart monitoring does. All pregnant women greater than 20 weeks gestational age need cardiotocodynamometry alongside all of the other trauma stuff that's going on. So get OB involved early. All pregnant women greater than 20 weeks gestational age need fetal heart monitoring. Ultrasound is not how you diagnose abruption. What you need to get is cardiotocodynamometry. You need fetal heart monitoring for all women more than 20 weeks gestational age. I think you, I think you got it. Those are the five steps. Left lateral decubitus, palpate the fundus, ultrasound, type and screen to see if we need to give what? Rogam and cardiotocodynamometry. All women greater than 20 weeks gestational age need fetal heart monitoring. That's trauma in pregnancy. A few other points. Intimate partner violence is huge. You have to screen for this and all poorly explained trauma and pregnancy. And then also 
get your normal CT scans, maybe avoiding the pelvis as possible, but you can shield a uterus. You can't miss an aortic dissection, though, or a head bleed or kidney avulsion. So you always get your normal trauma tests, just like we've been talking about over the last several months. And one more time, remember your five steps, left lateral decubitus, palpate the fundus, ultrasound, type and screen to see if you need to give Rogam, and cardiotocodynamometry. Special shout out today to Teddy Harper. He wrote an iTunes review. I highly recommend this podcast for anyone interested in emergency medicine, especially for second and third year medical students. Zach's clear, concise, and practical advice for high yield chief complaints have been extremely helpful. I also listen to the MRAP podcast and often find it hard to follow because I'm just a third year med student and not in the field of EM yet. Zach's podcast lays out a clear foundation tells you exactly what you need to do to look good in front of your attending and to get high rankings on your slow. Kudos from Teddy Harper. Thank you very much for the review, Teddy. I'm glad you find the podcast helpful. I was in the same position as a med student. Now I'll let you know, MRAP is like the best emergency medicine podcast that there is. It is the ultimate podcast, but I'm with you as a med student it was a little, just a little bit too advanced. I wasn't quite there yet. I didn't have the, the foundation. And so that's why I made this podcast. I'm trying to bridge that gap. So I'm, I'm really glad you're finding this podcast helpful. Anyone else who's listening, send me an email, Zach at emclerkship.com. Let me know how you're doing. Tell a friend about the podcast. And until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.